0: I think think whatever makes voting easier for people to do is better. I early voted this year, and it was great. It was really quick. It was easy. I've done it already. Whatever expands the electorate, however we do it, however we make voting more accessible,
1: Today on Indivisible Westchester, the podcast, we talked to Jarrett Berg, the co-founder of Vote Early New York, about early voting throughout the state and also what happened here in Westchester, the good, the bad and the ugly. Jarrett Berg, the co-founder of Vote Early New York, joins us via phone. Jarrett, thank you so much for being here today and talking to us. So this was the first time we had early voting in New York. Can you give us an overview of how it went throughout the state?
0: Thank you so much, Shannon, for uh, having me back. And uh, it's it's great to speak with you. Um, So the first ever early voting in New York just concluded. uh, And we're so excited about the fact that uh, every single county in the state, which was now required to uh, build and implement and roll out one of these programs uh, between the short timetable of when this law was enacted uh, in January and when it was deployed uh, this October. Um, every county stood up a program uh, and uh, a program that was able to perform uh, during the nine days of early voting uh, so, from sort of a, a baseline perspective of we've never done this before, there's the adoption of a whole bunch of new technology and new requirements on these board and a very short timetable to roll that out, uh, this is an unquestionable success statewide, right? What we did here, uh, what New York did here, was create nine additional days of voting with a minimum of 60 additional hours over those nine days, so we've dramatically expanded the access. Uh, and the ability for folks uh, who are interested in voting and want to participate in our process uh, to get involved and to to exercise their fundamental right to vote uh, over the weekend, evening hours, during a full week ahead of election day, uh, and then on election day too, if they prefer to vote that way. Um, So from a a top line perspective, we're very excited about this rollout uh, because early voting is here and early voting worked. uh, And over a quarter million New York voters took advantage of this opportunity. Uh, So statewide, uh, we're looking at over 256,000 New Yorkers voted early, just this one go around. Um, And so uh, I can can give you just some quick numbers, uh, uh, and we can talk Westchester too. Uh, But under this program, if you were to add up every single uh, site that was required under the law to be deployed, uh, that would be 145 sites statewide. Uh, But in this first go-around, there were actually 249 sites deployed uh, across the state. Um, And I mentioned the 60 hours that were minimums. Uh, These counties are allowed to go above that. Uh, They just can't go below it. Uh, And 19 separate localities chose to go above the 60 hours for the convenience of their voters. Um, That's large counties and small counties. It's blue counties and red counties uh, across the state. So we are thrilled by those facts as well.
1: So how did Westchester do then? Just top line what you know now.
0: So the Westchester program, uh, Westchester was required to have seven early voting sites under this plan and Westchester deployed 17. Uh, So at first blush, uh, the the county, the board of elections decided to go above and beyond on the siting. Uh, And so we are we are excited about that. And I think uh, although it's, it's, it's very early to talk about turnout uh, and, you know, in what context, right? 2019 compares to 2015, uh, maybe, but a lot has changed in our politics since 2015. So uh, I don't really think there's apples-to-apples comparisons to be had, but if you wanted to make one just to the rest of the state, uh, early, early voting in Westchester uh, was actually pretty popular. Uh, Westchester was the third... Uh, highest turnout jurisdiction in the state for early voting. Uh, It actually beats all of each of the five boroughs, not combined, but separately. Uh, And given the amount of voters in Westchester, uh, that's pretty impressive.
1: Right. Um, That's really good.
0: What I will will say about Westchester's plan uh, is uh, they did not go above the 60 hours. Um, We think that looking at that would make sense for the future. Uh, And the other thing worth mentioning is um, this this law actually requires, when it's fully implemented, uh, that every eligible voter in a county be able to use every early voting site in that county. Uh, it does provide exceptions, and I think in this first year, uh, larger counties with more complicated programs uh, were not completely wrong to invoke those exceptions. Uh, but I will point out that Westchester uh, was one of only four jurisdictions in the state that chose to invoke this exception and limit people to a single site uh, in their town or their municipality. Uh, And we think that has to change for 2020. Uh, And, you know, I think turnout in Westchester would have been even higher, um, because if I said to you, Shannon, uh, there's 17 sites in Westchester, you can only use one, you know, whether there's 17 or 20, uh, it's a nice thing, but you can still only use one. If I said to you, Shannon, there's 17 sites in Westchester, you could use any of the 17. That's a even more dramatic increase in your access.
1: Right. And so one of the goals really is to con- increase access and have flexibility in regards to voting.
0: That's right. Uh, and we're just asking Westchester at this point to comply with what the law says, uh, which does require that they move to vote centers if it's feasible,
1: so, Jared, explain to me how exactly these vote centers would work in the future moving
0: forward. So, uh, I think, you know, the exciting part is for, for those folks, uh, your listeners who did vote early, um, their their process voting would be exactly the same as it was this time, and the equipment used would be exactly the same as it was this time, which actually is what makes it so puzzling that Westchester chose to invoke this exception and not offer vote centers uh, the way that Ulster County uh, and basically, no, every other county in the region. Uh, so uh, what they would be required to do is just allow people who appear at other early voting sites uh, to cast their ballot there. And, and when I say the same technology, that's because Westchester has already adopted uh, the e-poll books, which allow for check-in uh, and to track check-ins uh, in real time across the county. Uh, and the, uh, the ballot-on-demand printing Um, which allows a single site to print the ballots for every single voter who is a registered voter in that county uh, their uh, appropriate ballot, regardless of which site they go to. So um, that's sort of the point, is that why couldn't a voter uh, from a Marinac show up in a different locality uh, and just appear, because that's where it's most convenient for them? Um, That was the goal of this reform. It's what the law says. uh, And we think that while there are some challenges Uh, With a larger county, because there's more ballot styles, there's really no justification. And this equipment is being used across the state uh, in much larger jurisdictions, places like like uh, like Erie and and Suffolk, uh, where they have over a million voters. uh, And they were able to uh, offer vote centers uh, because this equipment works and it facilitates that.
1: So this would be one room for improvement as far as you can tell. What else, what other areas would be room for improvement? I, I did go out and speak to Kim Snyder, who's a co-lead of Indivisible New Rochelle, the weekend before early voting, and one of the things that she says is that she would have liked to have seen more information and awareness about early voting, that there could have been more done. Uh, what's your take on that?
0: Uh, so I, I think that's exactly right. Um, the Board of Elections in Westchester, uh, rolled out a, a, an assignment, uh, and the assignments were released to the public very late. Um, to be honest, uh, there's, there's deadlines that the county boards are required to comply with. Uh, many of them are about reporting things to the state board. Others are about, you know, uh, just checkpoints throughout the year when uh, a given county has to make certain decisions. Um, in too many cases, Westchester's Board of Elections blew right through these deadlines. Uh, Today, I can't actually tell you that Westchester uh, filed a security plan, which they were required to file uh, at this point months ago. So, um, you know, each time that happens, there's a process there for a reason, even if it's a short timetable. uh, And so certain things that that didn't go right uh, could have been avoided or at least looked at uh, if, you know, some of these transparency things were in place. Uh, But to Kim's point... Uh, We saw Westchester's plan change uh, over time after they were required to put out what their plan was. And unfortunately, it actually got more restrictive over time instead of less, uh, while bipartisan folks at the board were giving wrong information to the public at events. Um, And so we can elaborate on that. But the vast majority of people who voted early learned about this program. Uh, from news media and social media, and I'm going to include the incredible work of indivisible activists and door knockers in that, uh, because so much of our uh, so much of our politics and engagement these days is uh, online. So uh, the point is, the coalition of the willing, of eager, civically engaged folks, are still the ones leading uh, and introducing uh, this program to voters, instead of the Board of Elections.
1: So, right. So, what are some lessons learned? Then, moving forward.
0: Um, oh, there's so many. I mean, I, where
1: I'm do we start, Jarrett? Help uh,
0: us. <laughs> no, it's a fair question, and you know, we are actually—it's a perfect question for now. Now is the time when this program can be improved and optimized for the spring. Uh, for one thing. And I'm when, Jarrett? Can conference. I can I ask
1: you a question real fast? When in the spring do we have early voting again?
0: Uh, So there will be early voting going forward for every primary, special, and general election. Uh, So we're looking at least, uh, if there's not other specials, uh, we're looking at least at the presidential primary uh, in April, uh, the federal primary in June, and the general election next October, November.
1: Okay. And so moving Um, forward, yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, what that does is it creates a window right now between now and, I would say, early February, uh, where the law gives the counties uh, the opportunity to amend their program in anticipation of the next election event. Uh, And so uh, we are in that phase right now where we can look at this plan and say, what would we do differently? I would suggest that in 2019-2020, the Board of Elections should be doing more than mailing people a postcard and maybe putting a publication in one or two local newspapers. I don't find that Uh, an effective way to engage people. Uh, What we saw in places like Nassau and Ulster was actual civic engagement where uh, the board partnered with local leadership and nonpartisan groups uh, to host uh, forums, public events to raise the profile about this issue. Uh, They invited journalists in, they held the sort of events that you would do to get people talking about this and introduce a new reform to the public uh, in the run up to the event. Uh, what we saw in Westchester was virtually the opposite of that, where the Board of Elections was an information black hole with varying information coming out at different times uh, and never this moment where the board sort of stood up and said, we have this new reform, we're rolling out this new program, we want everybody to learn about it, here's what it is. It just it didn't happen in Westchester, and but for some awesome advocates and some great local elected officials who took it upon themselves to raise the profile of this issue. Uh, it's not clear to me how folks are supposed to learn about this from the board.
1: Right, and that's one thing that we really tried to do, you know, through grassroots groups was um, to get the information out there via social media. We held forums. Uh, you know, when we would meet with elected officials, we would ask them to to advocate, you know, for this, for early voting and to help get the word out and to use their platform. So, um yeah, it would be great to have more of a partnership there moving forward, for sure. Um, so, Jarrett, what? So, in order to to get these improvements that you think would be helpful here in Westchester, I mean, what can we as as activists activists do? So, I what's think, our
0: uh, job? Yeah. So, look, uh, uh, the very basic uh, thing that I think is missing from Westchester's process. Uh, is that it's an entirely closed process. Um, There's a thing in New York called the open meetings law. Uh, We believe that every board of elections in the state is bound by it. Uh, That's a legal thing. You can look at the terms of it. Uh, But whether or not a board of elections is technically required to hold meetings on the record, like those meetings when they decide, how many sites are there going to be? What are the hours? Where are the sites going to be located? And by the way, when did they decide that there wouldn't be vote centers? And why? Right. Right. Basic decisions are shrouded in darkness. And so uh, whether or not the Westchester uh, County Board of Elections is required to do those meetings and just hasn't been or whether or, or even if they're not, it's obviously a better practice to engage stakeholders and have information and decisions happening on the record. So the number one thing I think you would ask for is a more public process that engages uh, the voters, the district leaders. Um, the scary thing for me is when district leaders call up and say they have no information and they can't get information from their own board. Right. Uh, I, You know, the role of a district leader is a creature of the parties. Um, the Board of Elections is a creature of the parties. So if the idea is that the parties run the board and then uh, the board puts out a program and engages at least the parties, if those folks are out of the process, then this process, flawed as it is, has broken down.
1: Right. So we need to have more transparency about how these decisions are made and uh, try and get input into what we would like to see. Um,
0: I think that's a good place to start. Uh, I I think the vote centers thing is a major place where um, there's room for improvement. And I don't think it would actually raise the administrative costs much on the back end since we've seen so many other counties uh, do that uh, during this go around. and uh, I guess the other place worth mentioning, just from a transparency perspective, uh, I, I heard this anecdotally, um, that poll watchers for the parties uh, were actually shut out of early voting or refused certificates, uh, which is sort of the first time we've heard that happening. Uh, but again, these are representatives of the very parties uh, in, <laughs> with stakes in the outcome. This isn't even you know, outside people, who I think should also have access to oversee the process. Uh, But the point is, when you get this sort of nexus of confusion and misinformation, lack of transparency over the process, the violation of the deadlines, and then the poor notification policy, it really creates a toxic brew when it comes to uh, fundamental rights.
1: Right. And so it's almost almost as if... Westchester was successful in spite of itself and in spite of efforts on behalf of the Board of Elections?
0: Um, I will definitely give a hat tip to the Board of Legislators in one respect. Uh, They did a process of, for months, uh, a lunch meeting or a weekly meeting where they looked at the siting plans and the options out there uh, and did try to create a process. Um, But the BOE and the BOL Uh, You know, they also there's there's on the record stories of this year and in the past of of not exactly working together um, or in 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 sort of a positive way uh, to get this program in line. So our boards of elections are creatures of the state. uh, And you know that that relationship is a strained one. I think that's putting it mildly.
1: I see. All right, Jarrett. So, some work to be done to um, to make this process more transparent and a better process, a more democratic process. Actually, um, you know, thank you so much for your insights, and you know, we'll start to advocate, you know, to see some of these changes that we think would be, you know, better for the people of Westchester.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Happy to join you. Thanks for having me.
1: All righty. Take care. Take care.
0: And so if there had been more opportunity to publicize it, and I think earlier, even generally around the county, if there had been, like, signs up at bus stops and things like that, did you know there's early voting, I think people would be more tuned into it.
1: Thanks for listening to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. We're a proud member of the Demcast Network. Check us out online at indivisiblewestchester.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, be sure to keep on resisting.